Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. Welcome in, everybody, another episode of the podcast. It's sweeping the nation. It's just taking over everywhere, expanding the reach, locking, knocking down doors, locking down championships across the land. This is One Man's Opinion. Thank you very much for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, sharing, subscribing, doing all the great things you do with the podcast, folks. We do so appreciate it. Indeed, this is episode 169. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this one's going to be dirty. This one is, I, to my knowledge, this one will not be on the radio anywhere, though I'm always open for business. Folks know that, but. We're going to get this one behind the scenes. We're going to get down. We're going to get dirty. We're going to be real. Thank you once again for listening in and making this show part of your day. My name is Chef Mans. You find my work exclusively at fantasyguru.com. 2023 Fantasy Football Draft Guide has every single thing you need and more. It's so vast and deep reaching that there's no way you'll probably get to everything. But whatever it is that you want, if you're looking for IDP, individual defensive player help, we got it. If you were looking for deep, super crazy deep sleepers, we got it. First round analysis, we got it. Best ball, got it. Dynasty leagues, we got it. DFS, we got it. Betting, we got it. Futures, we got it. Talk about coaching, we got it. Offensive lines, we got it. Schemes, systems, matchups, slot wide receivers, running backs, handcuffs. Folks, it's all a fantasyguru.com and exclusively for the one man's opinion audience radio 20 is the discount code. That is your ticket to 20% off every single level of membership over fantasyguru.com. And more on that in just a minute, but you could also hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio. I host a show called elite sports that show runs three to 5 PM Eastern time throughout the course of the NFL season. Also during the NFL regular season, I host the Sunday morning show. Sirius XM fantasy football pregame show. Me and Bob Harris taking you 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. kickoffs Eastern time every Sunday morning. Cannot wait to get back with my guy, Bob Harris, one of the best and brightest in the business and do that every single Sunday morning. But Elite Sports 3 to 5, follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mance on Twitter, the Jeff Mance everywhere else. All one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and, of course, on threads, if you must, as well. Today, we got a lot to talk about. I am just off the plane, or a number of planes, and a number of rental cars, and my own two feet, from the Fantasy Football Expo that took place last week in Canton, Ohio. It was a lovely time, an amazing time, a great experience. I will give you my full recap over the course of this episode Got a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff that I can't say in the radio, right? This is podcast material, right? Nobody cares about relationships and things like that on the radio, but want, want to know who was a dick to me? I, I'll, I'll tell you. You want to know who was the sweetest people? You got to. How about fights, infights, people bickering, back talking, any of the shady down under shit that you can't talk about? Yeah. Going to spill that tea on the show today. Just having fun. 
with it. I love the event. I love the industry. I love everybody who came out. If I met you out in Canton, know that it meant the world to me. It's in my heart forever. I appreciate each and every one of you coming up, taking pictures, uh, signing uh, stuff, the manifesto and footballs and helmets and jerseys and stuff was an absolute uh, great time. No question about it. I'll give a recap on that. We do have big news across the National Football League this week. Ezekiel Elliott signs in New England, although if you're a fantasyguru.com subscriber or an elite sports listener or both, you already knew that because I told you that two weeks ago. So nothing changes that much on that front. Dalvin Cook officially with the Jets. I'll say that was more of a surprise to me than the Zeke Elliott stuff. I'll tell you that, even though we knew Dalvin Cook was likely going to New York weeks ago. I don't know. Why didn't they make it happen before now? Talk about that, how it impacts Ramondre, how it affects Brees Hall. I'll recalibrate my running back rankings in this episode for you as well. I will also break down a couple of my drafts. I did an auction draft and a snake draft format for the Kings Classic out there at the Fantasy Football Expo this past weekend in Canton, Ohio. I'll talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Through those two drafts, I'll talk a little bit about the different mindset from an auction standpoint versus a snake standpoint and how doing both of them will help you in the other. Because like everything, experiencing something in fantasy football, that's why I always get upset when people say, I will never play IDP. I'll never do an auction. I'll never do two QB. I'll never do... Well, you should. It will surprise you in how much fun you have the great experiences that you have, right? Like all of that, but it'll also help you become more successful in the format that you prefer, that you crave. And I'll talk about that here on today's episode as well. So a lot to get to. I do want to remind everybody, this is a very important week for us over at fantasyguru.com. This is fantasy football training camp week. It is a big day, August 18th. That is this Friday. This podcast goes out late Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday. Maybe you're listening to it. You may be missing it if you're listening in on Friday. It's okay because you could actually relive training camp throughout the season. doesn't have to be before the season. It could be in season. If you have an elite seasonal subscription or higher, then you get free access to everything. That means it's a free ticket for you to the event. And it's a free ticket into the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship where you can win league prizes, overall prizes, and all that great stuff as well. So it's a tremendous event. It's our second year doing it. Last year was a smashing success. We've expanded it for this year. We're doing more. It all concludes with a beautiful two-hour roundtable where I'll bring in guests and talk. Mostly, most important, I'll answer your questions. I think that's the best thing You know, I could bring in guests and take up two hours just giving my speeches, but I think I do enough shows and writing and everything else. I want to know your situations. So if you can't make it for the during the day session, you get home from work or something, you still have time to get into the round table with me. And I will bring in some guests to answer your questions and to help out and to talk fantasy football, DFS, betting with you guys from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time on Friday night. And then you go back and watch videos that you miss if you go to work or anything like that. It's all virtual, but it's live. You can enter the chat room, ask questions throughout, give critiques throughout. 
talk to the other members that are going and attending the event in real time. There's a dedicated Discord for you guys to follow up with us, the panelists, the presenters, and each other. It's a really cool thing. It's why I strongly recommend getting in at the elite seasonal package or higher. Cause if you have a DFS package or betting package or any of those memberships, you get access to training camp as well. So it's already included with your membership. So pretty cool, right? To get all that. And there is that radio 20 discount code. If you haven't got in yet, it's never too late. Even if you're listening to this after the 18th, you can still go back. You're still going to learn a ton by going back, watching the videos, getting access to the Discord room where you could always ask those additional questions and elements there as well. Use that Radio 20 discount code and you're good to go. So, and if you've already bought like a basic package and you just want the upgrade, do the upgrade to the all-in because the, I should say, elite seasonal at the very least, unless you're doing DFS and gaming too, in which case the all-in package is the way to go. It's going to save you so much fucking money. It's crazy. So if you were to just buy a ticket to training camp, which people did last year, let's, I mean, a lot of people bought just a ticket. It's like half the price or it's the exact same price as a basic membership. So you might as well get all the extras on the elite seasonal side, which is franchise mode, CFL, USFL, XFL, uh, all of that good stuff. The elite plus podcast, the elite data, like, come on, man, I get all that stuff for the same thing. And you get a discount, right? What's 30 bucks extra. It's really not that much. So Get over to fantasyguru.com. I can't wait to see y'all out there. It's going to be a blast. We have fun. There's a poker game. You can play against me, Armando Marsal, Rob Brink, the entire staff here at fantasyguru.com as well. That night, we'll be hanging out, drinking, cutting wise, all that good stuff too. You don't have to know anything. It's free, but there is there are prizes for finishing in that event too. So another you know fun thing to do with the group and throughout the season we will have special contests we'll have special league entries special entries uh dfs entries betting competitions for our training camp participants so that's a new thing we're doing for this year we're all see all season long we're going to make sure that you guys are rewarded who attended training camp. So again, get in now while you can August 18th fantasy football training camp exclusively at fantasyguru.com. All right, let's talk some fantasy football. The news of the week. It happened. Zeke Elliott to the new England Patriots right there. Um, you know, again, not a surprise, but it's official and it has to be, acted upon how do we act upon it well for me it's simple as you lower Ramondre Stevenson a little bit all right I think right be before he signed I had moved him down Ramondre was as high as ninth on my board and he has gone down to well he went down to 12 before it officially happened because I knew it was happening so he was 12 and now I got him at 14th so really the move is from nine to 14. If you didn't believe Zeke was going there before, ninth is where I would have had him. I had to put him in the middle because it wasn't official yet, but then now he's at 14. The The running backs that I would take ahead of Ramondre Stevenson right now is our Miles Sanders and Aaron Jones. What's the difference between 
Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson right now, folks. One's younger. Okay, that's fair. But I will take Aaron Jones' total package. Yeah, the total package over uh, Ramondre Stevenson right now. The experience, knowledge of the offense, surrounding parts, the fact that losing Aaron Rodgers, more checkdowns, the receptions, all of that explosive plays that he's going to have way more than Ramondre with, I will take that slightly one spot over Ramondre Stevenson. And I love Ramondre. He was our guy last year. But 2022 was 2022. We're trying to win a 2023 championship. That's what we're we're doing. So um, Zeke Elliott will be a short yardage guy for this New England Patriots team, likely to get goal line touches. So right there, and the problem with Zeke is he's older, but he doesn't miss time. He plays through injuries. You know, that's just something that we're, he's going to be very Damian Harris-esque, even though Damian Harris is a bigger, stronger runner. Zeke has the history. Belichick siding with that. I don't like the move. I don't agree with the move, but it's what happened. And that's why Zeke is in a standard league format, non-PPR, he's got flex appeal all of a sudden. Five-plus touchdowns out of Zeke Elliott's not crazy to project. You know, Zeke can also catch the ball out of the backfield. I don't think he's going to be the primary one, but I, I think that Belichick will always – utilize he's better than Damian Harris at it better than Sony Michelle was at it in New England before they both caught some passes previously so Zeke will be in there get his drives he'll catch some passes. he's gonna take away from Stevenson with sucks Dalvin Cook to the New York Jets that one kind of knew what the fuck are the Jets doing like seriously what is this is just fucking ridiculous this is so like this is the New York Jets are the biggest poser organization in professional sports. I'm trying to think of another one. I can't think of a single one. They are they have no fucking idea how to win. No clue on what it takes. But they are the gosh darn motherfucking kings of acting like they do. They love, and why? I mean, this is different owners. This is different GMs. This is different head coaches. And what? And they never stop doing the same fucking things. They never stop. Hey, what was popular last year? What can we do? Oh, let's do that. Uh. What in God's name, man? Brees Hall, young, strong. Just very, very adaptable running back. It was excellent in the outside zone scheme last season, even when the offensive line was failing. Look at what happened when Brees Hall was running the boat. Running the boat? Or I guess when he was the captain? And what happened after? They had one positive rushing effort the entire rest of the season. That was against the shitty Chicago Bears. That was it. Man, I mean, Brees Hall, young, emerging talent, everything you want to see. The rest of the NFL says we're not paying running backs. 
Every you, you say, ah, oh, we'll take an aging guy, and we're going to give him up to nine million dollars with incentives. That I mean, just because we can. And the fact that any fan would support this, like you guys, obviously, if you're a Jets fan, no, I mean, I, I don't mean to offend you, but if you're a Jets fan that thinks this is a good idea, no matter how it turns out, by the way, because I know you, oh, you see how it turns out. It's a big Jet thing to say, and it, it has never, ever once turned out well for you. Never. And I mean, never, ever. You weren't alive in 1969 when Namath made the stupid guarantee. Nothing since has been right. And some would say that game was fixed. So don't give me this bullshit. You don't take players at premium positions and skilled positions and ostracize them and basically completely neutralize them the way you're doing to Brees Hall because of an aging former great running back. And Dalvin Cook should be fine. He should be pretty good with the Jets. Decent. But it wasn't an area of need. Get another pass rusher. Get another corner opposite. You know that Sauce Gardner has a reputation right now. Go get a fucking corner, you dolts. That's what you need to do. Go get some help for C.J. Mosley, who you're relying on massively. Do better. Get a better safety than Jordan Whitehead. Right? I, I Get some help for that secondary. Get some help for the pass rush. Do anything else by using that money because Brees Hall would have been fine. And if something happened to him, Michael Carter is a very good third down back. Zonovan Knight proved to be solid last year. Israel Abanakanda is probably the best running back on the team. I'll say he's a se- Israel Abanakanda, fifth round pick out of the University of Pitt. He is the second best running back on the Jets right now. And if you gave him a full complement of snaps and touches, he can produce 95 to 98% of Brees Hall. Dalvin Cook's going to produce 90%. Like, you're deluding yourself. Why are you doing that? That is the absolute epitome of knowing an organization doesn't know what they're doing. How do you convert when you don't know what you're doing? How do you make up for it? Just acquire a bunch of shit. Go get, I don't know, let's say Alan Lazard or Nicole Hardman and Randall Cobb. When you already have Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis. Go do that. Then... Then go uh, draft a very good outside zone runner like Abenakanda in the fifth round. Use that draft capital for that, right? Then nurse Brees Hall all the way back. Then go sign over the top a more expensive aging guy like Dalvin Cook. Why? Fuck you. That's why. Okay. Sure, they've got depth at those positions. But you're going to need a lot more than that to keep up with the Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills within that division. And then, furthermore, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Bengals. Terrible. It's just terrible. It's all I got to say, which is a lot. But what does that do? So, latest rankings for me, fantasyguru.com. Get over there now. My top 10 running backs, B. John Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard moves up. That Zeke, 
officially not going back to Dallas, which was the only other I was 80% sure he was back. He was going to New England after all those pictures emerged and all that. But the 20% said, well, if not, he's going to be back in Dallas. Tony Pollard gets a sizable increase now. Only guy that makes any sense. Leonard Fournette's the only one that could damage signing him in Dallas, which sadly may happen by the time you're listening to this podcast. Josh Jacobs, 7th. Austin Eckler, 8th. Jonathan Taylor, ninth. Joe Mixon. Now back to being a top 10 fantasy running back. Welcome back, Joe. Good to see you. And then Stevenson's 14. After that, I, I mean, I move a lot of guys up. Dalvin Cook is my number one Jet running back. I have him 25th. The New York Jets now do not have a single running back one or two on this roster. Not heading into the season. We don't know what Cook's Cook versus Hall is going to be. From a fan, the only thing a fan, a Jets fan will say is that they're it's great for the team because now you got two different forces and none of them gets hurt and worn down. That okay, that's fair. But that does dick for us in fantasy. It's the worst, the worst, the worst. It's awful. Dalvin Cook's 25. Brees Hall's 29. Holy shit. Brees Hall, the guy I wrote to myself. I write notes at the end of the previous season every year. Draft Brees Hall. Don't worry about the injury will be a value. He was a top 12. When my rankings launched this year, fantasyguru.com, he was a top 12 running back. And he would be if you just got, if you didn't draft a Banacanda, you didn't fart around with Michael Carter very much, and you definitely didn't sign Dalvin motherfucking Cook. So I have no idea what to do. I'll tell you, I like Brees Hall a lot more. I'm not interested in Dalvin Cook, but... Oh, and then Zeke Elliott, by the way. Let me find where Zeke is in my latest update. Somewhere around 35, 36, I believe. Uh, No, he's 40th. Higher in a standard league format. Standard league format, 29 for Zeke Elliott. 29, right? It's a case to move him up as far as 26. Preseason, right? He's right in that Jamal Williams territory. If it wasn't for the three-game suspension, right, with uh, three-game suspension for Alvin Kamara, probably have Zeke ahead of Jamal Williams. So take that into account if you could not have to worry about those three games. So those are the big breakdowns from my takeaways from – the two big signings, like I said, I think the players that helps a lot are like, I, I think Miles Sanders gets boosted. I think um, Joe Mixon, I mean, let's face it, wouldn't surprise any of us. Zeke going back to the state of Ohio, right, to be to play a complimentary role there. I don't think that was over off the table. Maybe the Texans, he stays in Houston. So Damian Pierce gets aided by that. Hell, Arizona, they need everything. Never know. James Conner gets a boost. It's like those players get 
moved up. Tony Pollard, I already mentioned. It destroys Brees Hall and slightly hurts Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson was a top 10 running back, fantasy running back last year with Damian Harris taking a bunch. But remember, Harris did get hurt and missed a lot of time. And even in that span, Stevenson only had six total touchdowns. So just an FYI. That's why I got him at 14 right there. All right, let's get into Fantasy Football Expo. Folks, this was a blast. Canton, Ohio, second week of August every year. I tell you, man, this is just an absolute great time. Um, Number one, thank Bob Long. Bob Long is a mensch. He is a great person, a great dude. He writes the consistency guide every year, which is an absolute must-have. I love the way he explains it and breaks that down. Putting this entire operation together, it has been a slow roll. He did it right before COVID hit, too. So it was a small, very tiny event for a couple of years. Then COVID, then he's rebounded. And now I think this year, 2023, it was probably the biggest fantasy sports event of the entire year. And it's just getting bigger. I know some of the plans that they have for 2024, and they are amazing. Uh, I heard whispers Scott Fish is going to be involved in some new league formats and things. You know him from Scott Fishbowl. Got a chance to meet and hang out late night with Scott Fish. Just another wonderful human being. I mean, that's the thing. This is my first event that I went to since January of 2020. And not just because, you know, the COVID year stuff, I had health issues. I've been very upfront about that. My brother dealt with some things as well that took me out one year from going to the uh, Fantasy Football Expo as well. So thing life happens, of course, my daughter earlier this year. So I was happy to get out. And it re- does remind me, we were, I, I work along, this is a good industry full of a lot of good people. All right, a lot of great people. And I got to connect with a lot of those people over, reconnect, I should say, over the last couple of days. Guys like Howard Bender and Colby Conway, my guy I hired over at FantasyAlarm.com. Brad Evans, who I down here sitting next to. Uh, Brad and I, man, we have fun when we're together. He's one of my favorite dudes in the industry. That is for sure. Rob Tuesday, Sirius XM, just an amazing guy and has been through so much and been with me and helped me out so much in my career. Matt Deutsch to that end of Better Sports Network. You know, Matt thought I was mad at him. It was one of those situations because we had an argument earlier this season. Um, you know, I, I had to tell him the way it was uh, and he didn't like it and, you know, all that. But glad to put that kind of stuff behind us. Right, Adam Ronas, Corey Parson, fantasy executive. Corey's one of the hardest working dudes and one of the great people in our space as well. Got to reconnect with him. Lisa Ann, my goodness. there I don't know if there is a better human being on the planet. I really don't. And you know what? I, I, let me just say something. I really, I'll, I gotta say this, and it's a fucking shame I do, but fuck you. Fuck any of you. If you're going to make some sort of like dig or pawn or something about Lisa Ann and whatever, you know, industry she used to be in and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, dude, come on, man. Just be better. Be fucking better than that. Number one, who cares? 
I mean, my God, the thing that we, why do we judge people like prejudge? Like you're so much better or I'm so much better. Fuck that. This woman is the class of class, the nicest human beings you could ever meet. You know what I mean? And like people get like a perception. It's like, dude, no, I don't allow it. I'll tell you. I just don't, I don't want it in my space. I don't like when I hear people whispering at these events or saying something. That I tell you, I don't get offended or mad. At it. You can say anything about me. Your face is dumb. You're too tall. You're hulking over people. Jeff, your body odor is terrible. Your breath stinks. That's all. I think that's all fair. Don't, don't fucking say a word about her unless you know her. Like, honestly, absolute class of the world. Bob Harris. Oh, my God. The best guy. I don't if I couldn't imagine somebody saying something bad about Bob Harris. I couldn't even imagine it. Right. Loved hanging out with these guys. Love meeting new people, new contacts that I've had. You know, Shannon Blunt and uh, Adam Cooper, one of the rising stars of fantasy football space. Kevin Tompkins gave him a ride back from one of them. And he, Howard Bender, Kevin Tompkins, and myself, just we were pulling movie references out of our a-holes. It was maybe the funniest car ride I've ever had, and it, it was four miles. It was It was fantastic. Lauren Carpenter. An absolute sweetheart of a human being. Dan Claskins, James Anderson. I've known these dudes forever, for like a decade. The first time I got to meet them, right? Had dinner. We hung out. James got the, the Bengal tail all over the place. Everybody saw James. Claskins, just a classy, awesome guy as well. Like, unbelievable. This is great. I'll say the industry is full of a lot of great people. I will say on the plane ride home, one of them, I'll get to that later. I realized something that I've been pretty negative. I get kind of mad. I get kind of bummed out because a lot of the whispers I hear, a lot of the things I see and read on social media. And uh, shame on me for that too. And maybe, you know, this is my version of what others pass on to others, like the way I was saying about Lisa Ann and stuff. Maybe, maybe I should. I, I definitely shouldn't. I realize it. Because there's so much more good in our fa- in the fantasy sports industry than there are bad. Now there are a couple bad people that I know. I, I know them. I know a couple bad people. Fortunately, they weren't there. Those people don't show up to industry events. Do you ever want to know what somebody? They can't show their faces. They can't because they fuck too many people. They've screwed too many people. They can't go into a room. They can't do it. So, but there's way more good than bad. And that's what I got. I got to remember a lot of people that do care about the work, care about the users, the listeners, the viewers, right? So many great people doing good things. So I just want that to like, I need to be better at that and conveying that to the, my audience. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that that's something that I got to get a lot better at. Lawrence Jackson, Lord Don't Lose. Yeah, man. Lawrence sort of great, is a great dude as well, a rising star in this industry too. Yeah, there's so many people. Now Now everybody's coming to mind. I'm like, oh, man, this guy. I got to meet two the guys I've worked with. Worked with Russell Clay here at FantasyGuru.com for – five years and the first, and we live in the same state 
yet we've never met face to face. That is just incredible to me. And I finally got to meet him and is an absolute delightful person and just an outstanding guy. And Rich Mileto, shout out to my guy, Rich, who is so good at what he does. Such a good guy. Such a, he, Rich Mileto is a good man. You know, and that's like something, that's the highest form of regard I could say. Rich is so tough on himself, but he's such a good person. It's It bothers me when he's, he, he realized, oh, I said something on social media or whatever. We all make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. It's what's in your heart, what you're about, what you do 95, 99% of the time that matters. Rich Mileto is a great person, man. And him and Russ, I am so honored to be working with them and got a chance to hang out, eat some meals, drink some booze, drink some water, <laughs> booze and water, booze and water, back and forth with them. So um, it was a lot of fun. Hotel bar late at night, the, you know, stories you'll hear. I got down there. I barely got in in time. I immediately went to the hotel bar. I was hanging out with some people and I said that they said last call, like literally 10 minutes after. So I ordered 12 makers and Cokes and convinced the bartender who was going to limit me to two. I promised her it wasn't all for me. I'm like, I just want something for everybody who comes along. Cause I got people, I got Justin Fensterman and Sandro and Nello. They were just coming in, just making the drive in. They were like 10, 20 minutes out. So I ordered, you know, at some point, I'm sure there's pictures of me with like a flight of makers and Cokes in front of me. So I had that going on. Um, no sleep at all, man. I ate cheeseburgers for four meals in a row. Two meals on Friday, two meals on Friday, two meals on Saturday, and all of them were cheeseburgers. <laughs> at the airport and late night on Friday night, overnight, and then Saturday Lunch and Saturday dinner, all cheeseburger. It, it's just worked out that way, which makes me feel like a giant fat ass too. No sleep either day. Had a 7.30 a.m. wake-up call for a draft and for shows. Eastern time. Remember, I'm on Pacific time, so that's 4.30 a.m. Eastern, and I was out till past three both nights as well. And then I had a worst tr flight situation home that I think I've ever had too. Talk about that in a second. Hall of Fame was great. I didn't get to see much of it. You know, that was the interesting thing. I didn't get to go through a lot of it. Saw some of the inside of the Hall of Fame, but mostly was drafting, doing shows, hanging out with people. The, the real stars of this event were all of you listeners. So many of you said you listen to the podcast. So many that said they listen to the SiriusXM show. I cannot express to you how much you all mean to me. Like it, it really matters. That is what you're, who I care about. You're what I care about. It's what this job is about. I've been fortunate in life to do things and have opportunities doing, you know, I, I did a tech company I sold. I worked in a high paying government job for 16 years. Right. I have, won awards for writing before and broadcasting before in other places. And it's like, so nothing has to be done. I fucking love you guys. I love the fact that so many people were telling me 
that, you know, hey, man, you know, I only get to listen to you on the weekends. And I try to catch up on Saturdays, my day, or I'm driving home from work. I'm in the carpool lane. I'm driving to work the following day. I'm listening to this podcast. My kids know you as the guy who screams from the garage. My wife can't stand your voice. You know, all these, all, all different things. And, you know, folks that were tell, tell me, Hey, I really love you from a data point of view. Hey, you just make me laugh and break up the monotony. Hey, you, you know, whatever, whatever you make it easier. You do all this work research. So I don't have to. And that's fuck. Yeah, man. That's exactly it. I have, I was just like every one of you. I used to not have time, worked a, a daytime job. And I would have to get home and try to balance family life and social life and all these other responsibilities that we have. And then I'd also like to win my fantasy football league because I love football and love sports and I'm a big level competitor. And one of the reasons I started in this business in 2005 was for that exact reason. At that point, there were literally none. Roto World just existed. It had just started like a year or two before. Matthew Barry had just gone to ESPN. I don't know if he had officially gone to ESPN yet when I started out. There wasn't any information. And now I know there's a glutton of it. There's tons of it. Everybody's got a site or an app or a podcast. I know that. You know, and I am fine with that. I just want them to do it for the right reasons. I think that once there got there was some money put in the industry, people think they're going to get rich. You're not going to get rich doing this. This has to be a passion project. This has to be something you do for the people, other people that don't have the time. I spend countless hours a day grinding data points, watching videos and film of these games, watching every game on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, sometimes Saturdays, whenever, watching, knowing the college game, all of these things. No, under doing, I do all that so you don't have to. You can ask me a question, any question you have. You can ask me about an offensive lineman or defensive player. That's the gig. That's the job. And just like any job, even though I do love the concept and the sport and all that good stuff, this is a fucking grind. And I think to myself all the time, what the fuck am I doing this for? It takes, I could get a lot more enjoyment. I won't say it takes away all the enjoyment. It doesn't because I still enjoy it. I do like to work, but it takes, you know, zaps a lot. The enjoyment I get is presenting it to y'all. That's the fun part for me. That's the excitement. When I get to uncover something and say, hey, looky, looky, Jeffy found a cookie here. Look at this. This is why I, I like a, uh, Roy Kent, who I don't think I've said it on the podcast. This is the only time I'm going to say it. Javante Williams, running back for the Denver Broncos, from now until the start of the NFL season, will be known as Roy Kent. Roy Kent is a character from the TV show, Ted Lasso. If you don't have Apple TV, get Apple TV, you cheap fuck. Get it on a free trial or something. Watch Ted Lasso and cancel. I don't give a shit. You want to see this show. It'll fucking change you. Trust me. It's the best show that has ever been created. Roy Kent is a character from there. There's a song. He's there. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking way. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. And that's what Javante will be this year. That's fun. That's exciting. It's the equivalent. People say there's nothing more exciting than being a kid at Christmas, 
right? And that's probably true. But you know what's second or damn close? Being a parent on Christmas. Being able to bring that excitement to all your kids and even family members. I like giving gifts. It's something I really enjoy. My wife calls it my love language. I don't know what that means, but sure. And that's why I like that. That's the best feeling in the world. And that's what I get from hearing so many people that are positively affected by the shows and the site and the podcast and everything else. And it means the world to me. I love doing it. And I have a renewed energy after the fantasy football expo as a result of that. All right. So that was fun. Uh, yeah. I left, I had a 7 PM flight out of Cleveland. Now Cleveland's an hour plus drive from Canton, Ohio. I left around yeah, three o'clock ish to get back to Cleveland, made it there in plenty of time. Uh, the, and then the, Lines were around the fucking building for security. I had an opportunity. Uh, I'll say it. Rob Suzay and Shannon Blunt of Sirius XM said, hey, why don't you come cut in line with us, get through security? And I went up there. I sat with them for like two minutes and thought, I could tell I'm getting the stink eye from people. This was probably wrong. I wouldn't want to be in this line if I were them. I'm not going, you know, I'm going to go stand in another line. I went to another line. It was just as bad. I went to all three lines and I said, all right, fuck it. I'm going to push my flight back because I knew there was a 10 p.m. flight on fucking Frontier Airlines. So I did it. I not only that, I paid $20 to use the counter service, which you have to do on the shit airline. And I did that and I went and changed the flight. They said, no problem, blah, blah, blah. Done. Here's your thing. So now I have all the time in the world. Okay, cool. Now I sat through line, went through it all the way. I It gets to be about 6.30, right before the other one was taken off. Or, uh, yeah, about 6.30-ish. And I get to think, delayed. Your 10 p.m. flight delayed. Delayed two hours till midnight. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And then I got another one an hour or two later that said delayed another half hour. Then every like half hour, it was delayed another half hour until it got to be, it's not taken off to three in the morning. At which point I said, this flight's not happening. It's almost midnight at this point. There's no, th- this flight is getting canceled. It was the only flight out of 277 out of Cleveland, Ohio that day that was canceled. And there was no weather concerns whatsoever. They said it was plain Plain uh, problems, basically, but it's bullshit because the they also said the website said the website said it was the plane was not a, had not arrived from Fort Lauderdale yet. Yet I witnessed the plane arrive and everybody get off from Fort Lauderdale and they announced, oh, flight from Fort Lauderdale is this line of get your baggage claim on this. They did the whole thing. So I know the flight landed, but the website lied. So it's just a shitty airline doing shitty things and I'll never fucking fly them again. Um, and I know other airlines do it. So, but I just, the, the whole, you have no recourse. There's no people. So what happened is, and I knew the most important show I was ever going to do. I will not miss a show on Sirius XM or this podcast from now to the start of the season. You could tear my fucking arm off and beat me three quarters of the way to death with it. And I'll be on that fucking microphone the next day. I'm telling you, I will. Nothing will stop this train. Mm -mm. This is too important of a time of year. So I had to make a quick reaction. I sat right at that terminal at that gate. 
and went on to American Airlines and booked the only flight if anywhere. Went to United, JetBlue, American, fucking every Southwest. The only flight that was going to get me into Arizona at a time in which I can, I could have broadcast my show, which was moving up an hour that day, 3 p.m. Eastern, was 4 p.m. before, was the 7 a.m. American Airlines flight. I paid $900 for that flight, plus $250 for a hotel room at a shitty thing right by the airport, another $50 for the Uber ride to that place. I did get a shuttle back. Thousand-plus dollars it cost me that nobody reimburses, by the way. Sirius doesn't reimburse. Fantasy Guru doesn't pay me for it. That's just, you're on your own, motherfucker. And so that's what it cost. But I did. Somehow it worked. I was very skeptical. I'm sure I was going to get butt fucked on that one too. But I got back in time, landed. I had to go to Chicago first, from Cleveland to Chicago, landed in Chicago. I I was deplaning in Chicago with eight minutes until we boarded halfway across the entire terminal. But I got there, did that, got on the new plane, flew to Arizona. Wife picked me up right at the door, flew home. Made it home about 15 minutes before the show was about to start. Boom. And did the show with Ray Flowers, who was on standby because he's a gentleman and a scholar in case I didn't make it. So that was my flight fiasco, which was a fucking disaster. Um, But I cannot say enough. I still I don't want to travel. I'll tell you that I've had the shittiest travel time the last couple of months. But I am going to go back to the Fantasy Football Expo next year. That is a, for me, it's a no, it's a can't miss event forever. It just cannot miss it. And very, act, very anxious to get back. Now, the cool thing about the Fantasy Football Expo, I did two drafts. Yeah, I'm going to talk about my drafts. Let me talk about other things, you fuckers. Come on, stop yelling at your radios. Talk about a couple of things. King's Classic Draft. I did Snake Draft first, Auction Draft after. Now, let me tell you the biggest story, the biggest cup of tea that you'll hear about this thing. The King's Classic Snake Draft was a shit show. The I one thing that about analysts and professionals in this business is we are not good at setting up leagues. We just aren't. I don't think we're good at being commissioners. I will tell you why. Here's the thing. I would have loved to be commissioner. And Bob Long, if you listen, let me be commissioner. I'll I'll commission these things. Because I take no bullshit. This is the fucking rules. That's it. I'm not trying to fit in. I'm not trying to make everybody feel good and happy. These are the fucking rules. And I'll, I mean, I don't, I want it to be a democratic situation. Vote on the rule. But once they're set, they're set. This snake draft, I got in there. I witnessed them. I shouldn't say witness. I did not. Somebody else who was there witnessed them do the draft order, randomized draft order. They did it. I had the first pick. Sweet. I got in the room 10 minutes before the draft. First pick. Sweet. I'm going fucking Jamar Chase, and I'm getting Patrick Mahomes on the way back, and uh, whatever, whoever the top other guys on that turn. I'm like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Great. Somehow, then they're like, oh, you have to sit at this table. Everybody's in the draft has to sit at one table. Cool. Move over to the table. 
And you get there and they're like, oh, we're out of order. What's the order? Oh, we got to randomize it. Then they randomized it again. And I'm like, okay. And then I had the sixth pick. Okay. Again, I want you to be clear. I don't give a fuck what pick I get. Not a single care in the world. I prefer, I do like the first pick. Don't mind second pick. Anything else, quite frankly, is just the same. But other people do. Evidently, this thing went on and on. They kept moving us around the table. Other people kept showing up. They forgot about other people. This was a 20-minute process of choosing the draft order. They ran it four times. I had the first, the sixth, the 10th, and then finally the 13th pick in this draft. It was ridiculous. Got to get our shit together with that. It doesn't matter where you draft from. It fucking doesn't matter, people. Everybody has preferences. At the end of the day, when I needed to get home, do you think I'd give a shit where I sat? But yes, I prefer, I'm a big guy. I, I want to be on an aisle. But I wasn't in an aisle. Right? I got an exit row on the second one, but I was by a window, which is fine. I didn't give a shit, though. Get fucking, you got to get, you got to do, the job is the destination. Championship's the goal. You're not getting there. It doesn't matter where you draft from. That was crazy. Fucking bananas to me. All right. Oh, I'm really that like, I could not believe the great people in that league. And there were some guys, I won't even mention the names, the one that we're doing it because, you know, cause I don't want to throw them under the bus because it wasn't their fault. I felt like they were trying to take control of a situation, but they were trying to make everybody happy. Cause then somebody had a problem and somebody else had a problem. And somebody else had a problem. It's like I one time I would said, listen, motherfuckers, you're fucking drafted. Wherever the fuck you're sitting is where you're drafting and you're dealing with it. And go fuck yourself. You know, and go write your blog how that's the reason you sucked. No, that's not the reason you won or lost this draft. Gosh. Oh, pissed me off. So I ended up with a 13th pick. Okay, cool. No problem with 13. It's a 14 team league. All right. The first round. In the snake draft, Jeff, when Jeff Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey, third, Christian McCaffrey, fourth, very textbook, Austin Eckler, fifth. I don't like it, but no problem. That's where he's going. Cooper Cup, sixth. Oh, I got something to say about that, too. Saquon Barkley, that was my guy, Bob Harris, drafting him. He went sixth. Seventh was Saquon. Eighth was Tyreek Hill. Ninth, Nick Chubb. Tenth, B. John Robinson. 11th, Stefan Diggs, 12th, CD Lamb. So I'm sitting there at that point like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Because I really thought at 13, I would end up with Chubb. I thought Bijan was in play. I thought Nick Chubb was in play. So now all of a sudden, and if not, I thought maybe I'd get Diggs. I was hoping for it. But let me tell you, I made a mistake. I made a mistake because I said the name Cooper Cup, and they're like, he's got taken. Yeah, he got taken before, but the software that was being used wasn't updating, and it became a real problem throughout the draft because this was not going in live, like an online draft. The site, the, the 
league is run through ESPN, but we weren't drafted on ESPN. We were drafting just audibly. And we didn't have a draft board. The draft board that we're using was a virtual one that w- took so long for the guys to enter picks. And the guys entering the picks did an amazing job trying to keep up, but it's impossible. So Cooper Cup wasn't listed yet under anybody's name. He just they had only gone up to the Eckler pick. And I thought I did not hear the name Cooper Cup. I didn't scratch him off my sheet, which is another reason my manual printouts come in very handy because without that. And by the way, so everybody heckled me for doing that. Every single one of those motherfuckers, every fucking one of them made the same mistake at least once, some of them multiple times throughout the draft. So, yeah, I took Devontae Adams. Don't love that in the first round. Don't love that. But at that point, I'm like, yeah, um, I wasn't going to be comfortable with Taylor or Josh Jacobs in that spot. When in doubt, if I can't get Nick Chubb, that top-level running back, or Bijan, of course, I would prefer a wide receiver. Adams, I think, is just as viable with Jimmy Garoppolo as he was with Derek Carr. I'm sure the numbers will regress a little bit just because he had some Mondo games last year, but it won't be that big of a decrease. Amon Ross St. Brown went 14th. Tony Pollard went 15th. Then it was back to my turn, and I made a big mistake. Well, not a big mistake. I made a mistake. Again, this is the first time I'm actually saying what really happened. I took Najee Harris uh, 16th overall. I don't mind Najee Harris. He was my next running back on the board. I have no problem with it. The problem is the fucking draft fucking software was not inputting fucking picks. And thus, I had sworn to fucking God that A.J. Brown had been taken. First time I'm actually admitting what really happened. I said on this Sirius XM show that I should have taken Brown. The reason I didn't is because they didn't have the motherfucking draft board updated. So Brown went two picks later, and I said, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So for the rest of the draft, I was in the fucking zone. I was laser-focused, made people repeat everything, wrote every fucking name down, crossed it off. I never made another mistake to that end again. But my God, it just, I have never seen, it's such a prestigious draft. I've never seen such a fucking shit show in all my life. Between the draft order, not announcing the name, oh my God. But you got to prepare for everything, so ultimately it falls on me. So Najee went off the board, 16th overall. Garrett Wilson, 17th. A.J. Brown, 18th. Ramondre Stevenson. 20th, right? 15, 17th, 18th, 19th, I'm sorry. 20th was Jonathan Taylor. 21st, Derrick Henry. 22nd, Chris Olave. 23rd, Josh Jacobs. 24th, Jalen Waddell. 25th, Devontae Smith. 26th, Jameer Gibbs. Holy shit, that was early. And 28th was Mark Andrews. So those were the first two rounds. Um, some notable uh, Patrick Mahomes was the third that went just before my selection in round number three. Brad Evans took him. Uh, was highly considering that, making that move at that time. After Mahomes went, I knew I was going to take a quarterback, but I let 
Brian Drake, who sat next to me on the wheel, choose decide between Hertz or Allen. I felt he was going to take one. He did. He took Hertz. So I end up with Josh Allen in the third. My second, my, I'm sorry, the fourth. My third round pick was indeed Roy Kent. So first four picks, Devontae Adams, two running backs, Najee Harris, Roy Kent, and Josh Allen. That's my four legs of my table. That's my foundation. Evan Ingram in the fifth round. Oh, fucking hated that one. We'll fully admit Colby Conway. There was a running back run in that fifth round with TJ Hawkins and Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, all going off the board. When Dalton Schultz went off the board before Ingram, I sat back and said, fuck, that's my backup plan. That is my, oh, I go wait to the eighth or ninth or 10th round and get Dalton Schultz. When that happened, I did panic. And I said, screw it. I'm just locking in Evan Ingram. At that point, the other thing, I want everybody to understand some other point about this draft that I did. I took Josh Allen in the fourth and Evan Ingram in the fifth. I got elite of the elite quarterbacks and I got in a, a second tier, the final, the second tier, good tight ends. Why I did that was because I liked my running backs. I liked my top receiver, but it was either get into the wide receiver pool that were flying off the board at that point or wait and by paying up for quarterback and tight end. I had made that decision that I was not going to take a backup. And I know from being in this league with these experts, they all take backup quarterbacks and tight ends. Why do they do it? I don't know. But I had a quarterback named Josh Allen that had bye week of 13, and I'll, I don't I ain't fucking touch him. That motherfucker. He is in my lineup forever. There's not, and I have no reason to have another quarterback. I'll figure out week 13. All right. That's why I felt I'm not taking a backup tight end because they all stink and I'll pick one up later on anyway. If when week nine, when Evan Ingram's off. The it got better for me. Alvin Kamara on the sixth is a, a really I got a third starting running back and a high upside one that will be out the first three weeks, but he's gonna really help after that. And then after that, I just got a bunch of flyer wide receivers. They're not great, but the upside's there. Kadarius Tony, which will only play five to 11 games this year. Um, I feel every week Kadarius Tony plays for me. I will win. I will win 75% of the games he plays for me this year. That's how, but it could only be five games and I'll win four out of those five. And that'll be it. Quentin Johnston, Paris Campbell, KJ Osborne, Terrace Marshall, who then got hurt the next day of practice back injury. Fuck my life supposedly it's going to be okay, but we'll see. Jerome Ford, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Khalil Shakir, Chase Edmonds, and Kyron Williams round out the rest of my team in that snake draft. The fun draft was the auction. That one, believe it or not, could you believe these guys almost made a big deal over the draft order. Thank God for Brad Evans. And then I backed up Brad because he said, no fucking way. We're not... We're not debating a fucking draft, redrawing draft order and repositioning ourselves for a fucking auction. Because all you do in auction is you nominate players. It don't matter when a player's auctioned. Well, I mean, it does. The only reason it does is because people are fucking stupid. And they, when they have a lot of money in their pocket, they blow it. 
And I don't know why that is. I, I'm not that way. I don't, I don't get it. But to each their own. Do whatever you want to do. But I love auction drafts. And this draft, I got the exact team I wanted. Everything worked. It's, it's a great team. Very happy about it. Some of you may not like it, but I'm telling you, because I did the thing about an auction. You can either bid the hell out of a bunch of top players. And, and I actually considered it. I was toying with the idea of grabbing both Jefferson and Chase, because you start three tight ends and three flexes, by the way, um, in this league. Or two flexes, I'm sorry. I was debating that. And then use just getting a bunch of late round guys. But that's what stars and scrubs, what basically everybody else does in these drafts. They pay. The early bidding is so high and so fast and crazy that you just got to sit out and wait for the price breaks. You got to get those players on those edges. I'm very happy. I got Jamar Chase for $50. Quarter of my budget went to one player, but Justin Jefferson who I have one spot below Chase. I have Chase over Jefferson this year, remember. It went for $55, so I got a $5 break on that. My number one running back, uh, and again, I had budgeted for my number one wide receiver this year. I, I If you go to fantasyguru.com, you can see a sample auction budget of exactly what I'm bidding on players this year. You could use it. You could print it and literally do the exact same thing I did in the Kings Classic. So I had $45 budgeted for my wide receiver one. I paid 50. When I did that, I go, I need to save $5 somewhere else. Well, my number one running back, Najee Harris, I penciled in $40 for my top running back and I got him for 36. So I saved $4. So now I'm only $1 over budget. $1 is nothing, you know in the early stage of an auction, no problem, right? And as a matter of fact, my second running back, who y'all know who I like, Roy Kent. I had $25 budgeted for RB2. I got Roy Kent for 20. Now all of a sudden I turned to $1 deficit and a $4 surplus. My third running back, I got, I paid up a little bit. I budgeted $8 though, and I got, Brian Robinson of the commanders for seven. Okay. Late bye week for him. Awesome. Get me over the Najee and Roy Kent bye weeks and all that. And now I got a full $5 surplus. Used one of it for chase Edmonds, my running back four, then bid a dollar on Kyron Williams and Zach Moss to round out my running backs. All right. My quarterback, I, with the quarterback position last year in this exact draft, I got Patrick Mahomes for $10. Nobody paid for quarterbacks last year, except they did pay for Trey Lance because they paid $16 for him while I got Mahomes for 10 and I won the league and hoisted the championship belt. This year is different. Mahomes went for 21. Um, Lamar Jackson went for $14. The uh, Justin Fields went for 15. Josh Allen went for 21. Jalen Hurts went for 19. All right, and I was just waiting it out, waiting it out, waiting it out. Wanting to, Justin Herbert went for 17. That's the one I probably should have gone and gotten, a $17 Herbert. Burrow went for $18. In hindsight, maybe even, you know, 
Fields at 15, but I end up getting Trevor Lawrence for 14. So I saved, I had a bit budget of $15, which was up $5 from last year because I anticipated the bidding being higher. And I got Trevor Lawrence for 14. So I had another, so I saved another dollar. So I tell you, I've been spending an extra dollar on Chase Edmonds for my running back four. I had three and I spent four. So call that a wash right there. So again, $5 surplus on that. Wide receivers, Jamar Chase is my number one. If you are a fantasyguru.com subscriber, you know that I am very high on Debo Samuel this year. I was in on the bidding for Debo Samuel and got him for $27. Um, Now, are there, but like when I see, I have Debo higher than guys like T. Higgins, uh, Jerry Judy, uh, Christian Watson. Um, I have him higher than Garrett Wilson. Um, I have him higher than, I think he's higher than Chris Olave. Keenan Allen, I'm higher on than him. Um, Devontae Smith, I'm higher on Debo than Devontae Smith. So all those guys, all those guys went for more than I paid for Debo Samuel. I got him for $27, which was $2 over my $25 budget for my wide receiver too. But as I mentioned, I'm good. I was good there. And I had a, the whole time I had a big plan. I was pretty sure on my wide receiver three, and I knew that I had $15 budgeted and I knew I was going to get him for less. And I got the guy I wanted. It's Romeo Dubs of the Green Bay Packers. And I got him for 10. I actually thought I should have got him for eight. Now, fucking, I can't remember who did it, but somebody bid me up. They knew because I had taken Dubs previously and I talked him up in a little bit that I did in front of everybody. So that, like, I kind of was out there on Romeo Dubs and made people think and they knew it. So, but I got him for $10 anyway. So five more dollars under budget. So again, I'm rolling pretty good right there. I knew I could get a strong wide receiver for. Um, don't love, like, it's solid, but I took a bigger chance than I probably should have. Quentin Johnston for $13. Eesh. Like getting him, but 13 seems a little higher. Courtney Sutton, Sutton went for 14, and that one looks like, okay, but I already had Roy Kent. Michael Pittman went for 14. I would have preferred to get him for an extra dollar. But Jordan Addison went for 16. Fuck that guy. Elijah Moore went for 13, same price. I love Quentin Johnston more than him. Brandon Cooks is 14. I like Quentin Johnston more than him. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, which I'm – I think is very identical. They both need an injury to really pop this year. Jackson Smith and, Jig- and Jigbo went for $19. Marquise Brown went for $14. suppose that's fine. Gabriel Davis for 14 I don't think there's much of a difference between Gabe Davis and Quentin Johnston. So, you know, I'm okay with it. But I did overbid my uh, budget of $6. I knew I could in that regard. And I needed a big upside guy there, too. Other receivers for a dollar, Terrace Marshall Jr., Tyquan Thornton, Robert Woods of the Houston Texans, which everybody, evidently everybody just said, fuck it, Robert Woods is not going to exist. And okay, maybe he maybe he doesn't, but 
Uh, I took a do- uh, shot on him. Some players I wish that I liked. Like Oda Beckham went for five. Juju Smith-Schuster, 11. Like, kind of like that combination's pretty good, too. And quite frankly, like, I could have got both of them for three more than I spent on Quentin Johnston. Um, you know, could have cut a little bit here and there, but, um, you know something to think about, but in hindsight, hindsight will kill you in an auction draft. There's no doubt my tight end. Here's another spot where I paid more and this group just liked their tight ends more. Right. Now, what can I say? They're perverts. Now they like the tight end position more. Um, I had $10 allocated here and I thought there would be an outside chance for me to get a Evan Ingram, Dallas Goddard type in there, right? I, I thought I'd be able to get, and I thought maybe Kittle, like Kittle's been falling a lot in industry drafts, right? And uh, I, so I, my tight end rankings, as you know, are Kelsey, of course, who, um, by the way, Travis Kelsey went for $34. I was in on that bidding. I went up to 30 but there's too many people. He was the first player nominated, so $34 off the board immediately. And then it's funny because Kelsey was 34. Mark Andrews went for 29. Now, if you're a fantasy guru subscriber, you know that I have Mark Andrews well behind. He's my uh, my tight end four behind Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, and George Kittle. All right. And I've explained the reasons why on that. But my tight end four went for $29, just $5 less than Kelsey which to me is just way too much money. So then you may ask, well, okay, well, what did George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson go for? Well, TJ Hawkinson went for 17, $12 less than Andrews. It's in just, that's beyond a steal. George Kittle went for 13. So I was damn fucking close to pluck in George Kittle. And I was in on that bidding too. And I would have done it, but it was a little soon. It was before I got some of my value. That was before I had locked in Roy Kent or Romeo Dubs, two big value players. If I would have done that, if he would have been bid on after, I probably would have attacked that market, went 14 on Kittle. So didn't get him, but again, it shows you what a tremendous overpay Mark Andrews. I mean, you, you cannot pay that for Mark Andrews when Kittle and Hawkinson go for 12 and 15 or $16 less. It's insane. Kyle Pitts went for 16. That's an overpay. I wound up getting Dalton Schultz and I paid $12 for them for him later on the draft. Dallas Goddard did go for 11. Darren Waller went for 17, by the way, Waller went for more than Kittle and it went for as much as Hawkinson which is lunacy. But, you know, I paid the extra dollar for Dalton Schultz. I just wanted to lock it up. And at that point, I had gotten Dubs, Roy Kent, Lawrence, and Brian Robbins, all my value guys. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to make this happen. And I I knew I was going to have to pay more. So I got $12 for Dalton Schultz. And that was my draft. Got a backup quarterback, Derek Carr, for a dollar. This league, they draft all the – all the backups, like it's fucking nuts. I didn't get a backup 
in the snake draft, a tight end or quarterback. I didn't get a tight end back up here. I was thinking about it, but again, they some of them took three tight ends. So I'm not going to do that because I'll just take them when they drop them. But I did get Derek Carr. I got a backup quarterback with a – and plus Lawrence's bye is a little sooner, week nine, than Josh Allen, the other league, week 13. So I got Derek Carr for those purposes. So that's it. That was my – my King's classic drafts. If you go to at Sirius X and fantasy, I am sure you can find out more and get the links to those drafts. See exactly everything I was talking about here. Hopefully taking you through that helps you out a little bit. And some of the decisions you have to make, of course, you could just go to fantasyguru.com, get that all in season membership, DFS betting, seasonal or just get the elite seasonal package if all you play is seasonal fantasy football and you've access to my stuff and our entire award-winning team all season long so get over there and uh and check it out join a part of our community it's the largest fantasy sports community active fantasy sports community in the nation it is the biggest and it's the best we're there 24 hours a day seven days a week taking care of your needs that's going to do it for this episode went a little bit longer than usual hopefully you guys enjoyed it again king's classic is an unbelievably great time hopefully i get to see as many of you out there next season doing it because it's a lot of fun i hope to see every single one of you at fantasy football training camp this friday august 18th exclusively on fantasyguru.com, you get to see my beautiful, stupid face and our entire team of Tyler Beaker, Amarna Marsal, Russell Clay, Ray Flowers, Rob Frink, Phil Backert, Ted Stinky Schuster, and Chris Rose, who's a lovely man, and Scotty Bonder, and the whole team, folks. Just cannot wait to see you guys out there. If you're listening to this after training camp, go in there, get it. You get access to the Discord room so you could have all the access to all of us that you win that you want as well check it out radio 20 discount code to get in for training camp there as well i will mention it one more time you need to play at drafters.com i don't know what everybody's waiting for use the promo code mans m-a-n-s if you already have used drafters.com before use the promo code guru reload g-u-r-u-r-e-l-o-a-d folks they are giving $2 million away in fantasy football, best ball. They're not going to fill this fucking contest by a long shot. That means there's massive overlay. When there's overlay, that means the amount of spaces that pay out, they're not going to get as many places that pay out as they are entrance. So it just improves your odds of winning. They are banking on, I think, like 111,000 entries, and they have 30,000 right now. This thing is not going to fill. You need to get over to drafters.com. Use those promo codes if you're new. $20 best ball to win $300,000 top prize. I know talk about underdog and their $3 million, but the odds of winning this contest, because there's so fewer entries, so fewer players. This is the place to be. Drafters.com. Promo code MANS, M-A-N-S. Get over there. Get it. Deposit your 100. Get a free 100. You get 10 fucking entries to this contest. 10 bullets to win $300,000. How would that be for a nice little Christmas present coming up, you know, two weeks after Christmas when the season closes? 
pretty fucking nice. Get the drafters, check it out. That's going to do it. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. My brand new TikTok series, Let's Talk About, is up and running over there on TikTok as well. Tons of videos, tons of commentary over there. Coffee videos every weekday morning on my Twitter feed at Jeff underscore Mans. I'm like Roy Kent. I'm here, there, and everywhere as well. You learn, Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself on today's show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of our community in my life. It is so appreciated, everybody. You may disagree with something or everything that you heard on today's show. And folks, you know it's okay. We don't fight because it's just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces. Deuces.